Over the last few years, we have seen the emergence of a new form of beta male, one that isn't only unmanly or unmasculine, but makes a great effort to redefine manhood itself, to deconstruct it and thus pull the rug out from underneath the alpha chads that have made their lives hell for all of human history. And as a boy, all I wanted was to be accepted and liked by the other boys. But that acceptance meant I had to acquire this almost disgusted view of the feminine. And since we were told that feminine is the opposite of masculine, I either had to reject embodying any of these qualities or face rejection myself. This is the script that we've been given. Girls are weak and boys are strong. I came here today to say, as a man, that this is wrong, this is toxic, and it has to end. He's a BuzzFeed foodie blogger, which means he is unemployed. He always acts bitchy and pissy, cause he is bloated from soy. He's a soy boy, and he's so annoyed. He feels no joy from all that soy. Weak, soft, soy hands, a lot of demands. He's got memory glands. He says his cat is trans, cause of all that soy. He's a soy boy, and he's awful to be around. Welcome to Australian Earth. My name is Rex Gerger. As always, I thank my Matt Ralston. Matt was up all night watching election results come in. No, not the 2018 midterms, but the apartment vote to see who would be the new houseboy for Enrique, the hunky Peruvian hand model living in Matt's building. Matt lost by 80 points, but has yet to concede. <laughs> Hold on to those dreams, Matt. I like when people don't, in the elections, uh, uh, don't concede. They ask for like the recounts of the votes. Yeah. I always thought that's just a loser thing to do. I know that since the 2000 election, that was a, a big deal. But I always thought if you lose, just get get out. Calling for that, yeah. like the calling for the recount when someone has to go with like ten people have to go into a room with, for three weeks to count shit. Well, I don't know. I mean, if you if you lose like the yacht club president <laughs> uh, vote, <laughs> yeah, let's like let's do a, a recount. But yeah, Al Gore was like, nah, I think. Um, no, I'll just I'll just lay down on this one. That was the only recap. Fuck yeah, well, you, yeah. Al Gore. Yeah, well, fuck. <laughs> I don't. Pussy. Isn't it amazing how how's it as amazing how so many elections with millions and millions of votes come down so close in like so many races? Well, that's why uh, the Republican Party is a big fan of gerrymandering and voter suppression. Yes. They've actually done these exact calculations and down to like the one point one percent. I mean, it's like it's like five million people vote and it comes down to like fifty thousand people. I mean, so many races. It was really like, and then they'll call, of course, it's a, man, a mandate. Whoever wins calls it a mandate when they win by like 1.1%. It's always a mandate. Right. Uh, it's ridiculous. And then even better is when they blame the, like, the Green Party or Libertarian person gets 1%. And they always claim, <laughs> they always claim that, that through the election, they would have won if not for the, uh, the, sm- the third party candidate who gets like 11 votes. Yeah, the Democrats are always like, fuck these other people <laughs> yes. who don't believe only two things like <laughs> fuck you man like people can vote for whoever they want yeah like, they want. if you if you're trying to get votes uh, i don't know have have a better platform i mean clearly the people who vote for like green party are very very much into the environment so if you're not going to talk about that shit they're going to vote green party you know you can co-opt it i suppose that's all they have lists is like is shaming shaming voters for not voting for you yes it's like i don't think that's well it's not going to work on me as an adult so well, what they did in in California is they uh, they modified the primaries to the o- these open elect open primaries. So now it's just the top two vote getters in the primaries become like the 
finalists for the for, you know for the November elections. Mm-hmm. So that's why you saw like two Democrats for Senate last you know in the elections. So those thirty parties are all kicked out. They're not even available to run right. in, the, in the primaries because they don't obviously don't, they're not the top two vote getters. That cle- that, that's how they figure out how to clean those people out. Because there used to be a lot of Green Party, Libertarian, Independent, crazy wacky shit in California on the ballots in November. Now all, all gone. So they they were <laughs> they figured that out pretty quickly. Yeah, this week's show is sponsored by Na- Nancy Pelosi's many faces from her closet of faces. <laughs> <laughs> on display last night was forced elation face, spirited face, compromised face, and defiant face. Also, something that resembled autoerotic asphyxiation face. <laughs> Nancy Pelosi's closet of many faces because Halloween doesn't ever have to end. She, <laughs> it's amazing that she had, I'm always reminded of my, I had an uncle, I guess it was a great uncle, I don't remember, who wore toupees, wore fake hair pieces back like in the 70s. And you would see him, but his, it, like, if it was really windy out, he'd have like a disheveled toupee. <laughs> and like, where he was inside, he had like the really combed down toupee. Really? I think he had multiple toupees to fit into various uh, uh, weather and environmental situations to look more natural. So he didn't style his one toupee. He had, he had different I think he had like looks. travel toupee. This is in Chicago, by the way. So it was really windy all the time. So I think he had windy toupee because... Like the toupees are glued down so they don't just blow off in the wind. Yeah. So I think to look more natural, like he'd walk in from outside, and they don't, they weren't lifelike at all. Uh, he'd walk in from a wind, you know, windy area, and he had his hair is all disheveled. And I think he had windy toupee on. <laughs> that's it's pretty smart. <laughs> yes. Well, that's what have, that's why Trump wears that stupid hat is because his hair is glued onto his head. He occasionally will do. Uh, you'll see his hairstyle for different situations at times. Where he does a slightly different look for different occasions, but Pelosi has actually like she can't. I'm convinced she can't actually move her face once it's put into a once it's put into a position. Right. So it's like if oh we won the house, they they tilt her lips up and they like <laughs> kind of move her and put her out there. And like if what would happen if they learned like oh we bad calculation we lost the house she'd be like oh she'd have to like you know have her handlers come and like work work her face over yeah. like massage it back into a sad sad face. It's not a bad theory. I also just got an idea for Shark Tank. Just got out of the shower slash swimming pool toupee. Yes. So it's, it's just kind of like jerry curl. Yeah. Like pre-wet. Like wet, wet, wet toupee? Yeah. Wet toupee. Well, now the guys have the, that hair club from men where they have that curly hair that all looks the same. <laughs> <laughs> they're always like, it's the most natural looking hair, but it, not necessarily for your head, just for somebody else's head. It's, it's the exact same natural looking hair on every single person's head. So if you used to have like really tight curly hair... It might look natural in your head, but if not, you still get the tight <laughs> you still get the tight curly cutes on your on your head. Dude, I had a friend that was he was a, a a Hindu, you know, East East Indian guy, and he started doing that charcoal spray shit. Whatever, oh, really? Whatever that is, yeah, like spray paint. Yeah, and like I wasn't good enough friends with him to be like, dude, you need to like s- stop doing it. The but spray on hair. He finally got a girlfriend, and then it it just faded out. <laughs> so she obviously told him at some point, like wasn't working it's time only, uh, only uh republican pol- politicians still do the comb over as far as i can tell they take like four pieces of hair and put it over the top of their head yeah it's just gone I, i'm happy we live in a time when people can men can shave their heads you now. gotta go uh if you're you know if you're losing your hair a little bit like bill maher does it right you know he he just uh he's not pulling it forward yes. you know it's like yeah i'm you know i have a super receding hairline i'm gonna pull it back i'm not hiding anything and uh like whatever go with the uh i think it helps when you're James uh, Woods when you can still get models like you still date models you can be a little less self-conscious about your hair when you're still uh, banging 20 something models well it's just never but 
I don't know. I I, th- I think it's it's not going to work. There's no trick you can do. Well, no, you I don't think have what, any follicles. I think Jordan, Michael Jordan, figured it out because all those all the black athletes, they, their hairline recedes like at 25 years old. <laughs> it's just to shave the head, right? Because when you shave the head, it's just not you can't barely see the receding hairline. Unless anymore. you're Kobe Bryant, yes. In which case, you'll start you'll start fading it back to where your your hairline is at the back of your neck. Yes, but it's still in the front, like in a weird like widow's peak. Not cool either. Um, Basketball players, those guys go bald really early. I mean, they're like NBA guys like in their mid-20s. They're all mostly have receding hairlines and bald spots on top of their heads. I think it's from all the, I said it's from all the sweating, the, all the sweating they do constantly. Well, my friend told me who played, uh, he's a white guy, but he played, in, uh, he played for LSU. He said that when you sweat, and he's kind of dumb, so yes. like I don't know about this theory, but I, it did seem plausible enough that when you sweat, you sweat out a lot of testosterone, mm-hmm. and so that stays in your hair. So then, if you don't wash your hair, right, uh, the testosterone will sort of eat up your hair. That makes sense. I mean, it's worse for like it's the worst is like baseball players who wear caps all day long. Right, they go bald. Like there's not like a thir- there's barely a thirty year old ball player, especially the white guys who has hair on his head anymore. They all have huge bald spots by the time they're 30 years old. I had a dream I was bald last night. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Not the worst thing. Not the worst thing. No, anymore. who cares? Yeah. Uh, but Nancy Pelosi face, is it, does that scare you like it scares me? I actually had a nightmare about it last night. I didn't watch a lot of the coverage. Uh, but yeah, she does She does seem like almost like a female Chucky doll type yes. of thing. Yes. Uh, like a, yeah, an apparition. It's a, it's a, it's the Botox, whatever they, where they can't, they can't, uh, I don't know if you've been watching that, uh, uh, have you watching making a murderer, the, the John, a- the Stephen Avery p- part two. Yeah. With I the s- new attorney he has. Yeah. I hung out with that lady. Really? Re- uh, re- a couple days ago. She's definitely got the Botox face where she can only talk out of like half her mouth at a time. Yeah. It's disturbing. Yes. It's like, I think she's, uh, I think she, well, I don't think I know. Because the show came out, so she's like hanging out in Hollywood, thinking yes. she can like start banging hot young dudes. She's like sixty, right? Sixty. She's got to be. Yeah, I mean, she she make they try. To, she's got fake big fake breasts, and they try to make her look younger on the on the show, and she's all made up and everything. But she's she's an older woman. So. Yeah, she she's got to be six. She's around between fifty five and sixty. Yeah, and yeah. she's got that palsy face kind of thing. I think it's just from Botox. Yeah, it's it's really funny to to watch that show because uh, I'm like, is this an accent or an affect or is her face paralyzed? Yeah, and I don't. Know. Based on the plastic surgery she's had, I'm going to say it's it's it was an intentional thing. It's not like an actual disease, <laughs> but she only can open. She can only move like half her face. Half it her could mouth. be Bell's palsy. That's yeah, when she, half your face. Gets it could be, but she also has a clearly a f- full set of fake teeth. She has a huge set of fake knockers, yep. which is odd for a woman of her age and her profession. Uh, and so I'm gonna, and, and she's got the te- the perfectly filed teeth, and then the big lips with the pi- with the lipstick. I'm gonna say it's Botox in her. Yeah, Botox when I'm, I was watching, I watched it also, or part part of the show anyway. The new, you know, the newest season, and it's like, okay, so you guys know you and your gay um, clerk or whatever, yes, Kurt. Are, are going out to <laughs> talk to these hillbillies. <laughs> So are you like, okay, let's dress up extra weird. Like, let's go with <laughs> yes. the uh, yeah. full tuxedo yes. and the uh, knee-high boots. It's like, could you not just wear a, a fucking normal yes. shirt? Like, are you, so we're from the, are you rubbing this in their faces that they're poor? Like, what are you doing? We're from, we're from the big city Chicago. <laughs> we're here like, that show makes Wisconsin look so horrible. <laughs> it also reminds you of the fact that uh, most people don't know this, but Wisconsin is the most obese state in the nation. Mm-hmm. 
everybody there is just obese, chain smoking, and like talking funny. It's just like, and I'm not talking about just like the Avery Hillbillies. I'm talking about like the, the attorneys and the prosecutors and like, you know, they're all just like such lackluster, indivi- lackluster yeah. individuals. And they never leave either. Like, no. honestly, like, I have friends from Minnesota and they're like, Wisconsin people are just like weird. The worst. I'm like, really? It's hard to tell. But, they, but, they, but it's true. There's yeah. like a totally separate culture. It, it's definitely of, of fat people. Yeah. Uh, uh, my wife said, where are these people? Well, who are these people? I said, Trump voters. <laughs> <laughs> Do not forget to become a patron of the show on patreon.com forward slash last minute earth. Thanks for all your patrons. Get on this shit before it disappears. Patreon.com last minute earth. If you wish to contact the show, hit us up on Twitter at last men podcast or Facebook. Also last men podcast. All right. On to the show. <laughs> Matt, you are a big fan of apologizing for your uh, toxic masculinity. I don't think you have, have you come to grips yet with that masculinity is all toxic. Is there a good? Ma- is there? I don't even understand what the term is, is supposed there a to good, mean. Is there? I believe toxic masculinity just means men are violent, evil rapists, as far as I can tell, and they can't, and they either can't help it or they're not trying to stop it, or they love it. But it's sort of an out. It's 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 a thing where it gives you an out, which is like. You know, you're a bad person because you've been programmed by society to be bad. So, therefore, we don't hate you that much because you're an evil man. We feel sorry for you, but you need to change your ways. And that's where I have toxic masculinity. I'm not, I'm not acknowledging the term. It's like, okay, so next time uh, I'm dating a chick and she hacks into my email, yes. uh, I'm going to say that's toxic femininity. F- femininity. Well, I think the idea is that you have to be, males have to feel a need to be dominant, to be sexually dominant to be uh, ambitious and, uh, and jerky and uh, harassing and pushy and uh, uh, achievement at all costs. Well, some do. Yeah, but, of course And, and obviously men are more aggressive than women um, in general. Um, but, to, to, you know, to, to, to label uh, a million years of evolution as now just one of these yes. groups is toxic is, uh, is ignorant. Yes, which brings us ignorance to the piece of George Yancey of Emory University. Every time, uh, every time uh, with his uh, uh, op-ed in the New York Times, every time a professor from a college writes an op-ed, I lose more respect for college professors. <laughs> I've never like, do you ever like, like, sometimes you'll read smart pieces in the Times or other, other media outlets, right? Or, you know, even uh, journalists and- uh, I don't read any editorial. No, no, not anymore. At all. But you like, you know, you'll read something from like a commentator you like or a social commentator uh, or even once in a while, just a, a famous person or a politician writes something and you go, wow, that's, I've learned something. Right. But anytime it's a professor, I feel like it's the least intelligent, <laughs> intelligently written pieces ever, which is somewhat ironic. I think that professors from colleges seem to write the I- most idiotic shit in newspapers. Yeah. Like they're supposed to be the smartest among us. But it's like it's not, it's not, that I, it's not so much that I disagree with their opinion. It's just the way they express it seems like idiotic. Yeah, like they can't for, well, they cannot form a strong argument. I'm wondering if once so tenure is, you know, in concept, it's a good idea because you shouldn't be able to get fired uh, f- because of you have dissenting unpopular beliefs, right? Unless it's about 9/11. Oh, they make an Colorado exception professor, yes, for that. But usually, um, but what if there's a dude that's just like this is this has to happen? I can't get fired. I'm not going to do anything. I'm going to be really lazy intellectually and then I'll just fucking toe the line and write some bullshit 
opinion piece to the New York Times because I have a buddy that I went to undergrad with there and but like maybe you just there has to be some incentive for you to not turn into a lazy asshole um that was basically every cuckold in this every space. professor that i met tenure professor that i ever met was basically what you just described right mostly there were some that are, that are self-motivated but usually not in the soft arts <laughs> you know, i mean usually like if you had an engineering professor or a science professor or people studying, you know, cancer research. They seem very self-motivated. Yeah. But yeah, your your lit professor, your humanities professor, all those people, the guys who are like I- in their late thirties but still want to play like uh, frisbee, like on the frisbee on the frisbee teams, uh, that want to play intramural sports. Remember those guys? Yeah, yeah. They're like, you know, like you're forty. They had their kids like on camp, living on campus. And they always want to play all the intramural sports. <laughs> They're like, we had a lot of those guys. They're like forever students, basically. They were always working on their dissertations for like 15 years, and they just did yeah. a lot of frisbee golf. That's all I remember. It's a lot of frisbee golf. They usually have a pretty hot wife. That yes, they met when they were a uh, uh, teacher's assistant or whatever you call that. They, they eat in the dining hall. They eat in the dining halls. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so this guy George Yancey wrote uh, his piece was called hashtag I am sexist. I fuck. I hate this guy so much. <laughs> yes, and he wants he wants all men. This is another apologetic piece. This time written from a guy who claims to be straight and married. Uh, we, we will wonder about that. Uh, basically, who says all men, even the men who are work, go out of their way to be feminist and, and good to women and decent and polite and everything else, all men are inherently misogynistic and sexist and contribute to the rape culture. Even if they don't, even if just subconsciously, they don't, just by being men, they are, they're promoting the likes of Harvey Weinstein and Bill Cosby. Even if you're just a passive, low-T guy like George Yancey yes. who can't get a boner, yes. you're somehow still responsible for serial rape. Yeah, like, the, the way he described the, the, the name situation when he married his wife, like what name she would take, and like the whole, like, who feels that such, such fucking you know, uh, anxiety over like what name my wife should take and what that represents historically in terms of well, I don't, b- I don't believe him, by the way. I don't <laughs> no. think he was preaching this 10 years ago. No. I think he's a fucking hack and, and a shill. And, you know, the, uh, I, I don't know if the New York Times... It's embarrassing that this was published in the New York Times because uh, of the content, first of all. But, A, because it's, it's so hollow and rings so untrue. Like, so he's talking about being in junior high school and his friends are looking at a hot girl's ass. And we've all done that. We all know what that's like. I still do it all the time. You still look at junior high school asses? <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing wrong with it. And, uh, you know, women, like, they know what they're doing and, and whatever. That's If a chick's walking around in Daisy Dukes, you look at her ass. Yes. You're not allowed to touch her ass. And, and it's fine. It's a fine social contract. And so he's saying in junior high school, so not only is he lying in that he said, hey, why are you guys looking at her ass? which is bullshit because he would have got his ass kicked or just no one would hang out with him. But he says in quotation marks, why must you, what the fuck did he, why must you look at her butt? (laughs) So is he, is this, that's, is that his revisionist history? It's so gay. Yeah. And I don't mean that. Well, I mean, I feel like I I feel like what it is. No one talks like that. He's acting like he was in a Shakespearean play. So he's lying. Yes. And and he's doing such a bad job of it that he can't even make it seem realistic. He's he's just a dumb liar. Revisionist. He's creating a revisionist history for himself. Well, it's it's weird. So what these articles always are is these guys are always like, uh, I'm a great guy. I do all this stuff for women. 
I do all this other stuff. It's a humble brag. Oh, but even now, I still am a sexist. I realize my flaws. Even as a guy who is the best guy in the world to women, with all these, these bona fides I have, I'm still sexist. So, like, they've actually dug deeper into this well of apologies mm-hmm. where, like, not only am I a, f- a feminist and I do all this stuff for women and I hire women and promote women and would never speak ill of women and all this stuff, but I'm still bad. I'm yeah. still, I'm just like, it's like Opus Dei or something, flagellating themselves with a whip. Yeah, like yeah. Like, I'm still you not can't. pure. I'm not pure enough. Yeah, like, what would you have to do? I mean, submit to to whom? And, and I, I mean, we, I'm assuming he doesn't fuck his wife or... She fucks him. She, <laughs> she fucks, fucks him, him yes. with some kind of apparatus, but... Well, isn't, isn't the, the bigger do women like this? It, no, it just seems no. such like it's so clearly false. No, when I when I did uh, when I did got letters from man, the, the book from Man Rules, every letter and every woman I spoke to said they actually cannot stand these these softy millennial guys, these beta males. They just can't. I mean, uh, you know, on paper it may seem nice, but they can't date these guys. Like they just can't stand how clingy and, and, and submissive and needy emotionally needy and how they have to ask permission for everything and like they need approval and when it comes down to it they're not what these women figured out is the men aren't actually actually asking for the women's approval it's all in an interior dialogue with these guys right Mm -hmm. they all want to be like they're really not asking like they're not being deferent to women for the benefit of the women they're being deferent to women for them for their own like settlements like for their own like little anxieties and and weirdness they have like they're just clingy, needy people, and for their se- their own self benefit. That's what I mean. But they're like they're 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 posing their own anxiety and like their I don't know what you call it their beta maleness, their lack of masculinity, or their concern about it as caring, sensitivity, looking out for the woman. Not gonna work, bro. Not gonna no. Not only is not gonna work. She doesn't want that. I mean, she doesn't want a rapist. She doesn't want a dude who like cat calls every woman you know when she's walking with her boyfriend. But she wants somewhere in between. Like she wants a guy, w- you know. Women like cowboys. There's just no way around it. Women like strong men. They're drawn to strong men. I think they're also drawn to honesty. Well, yeah, to a certain degree. I mean, I don't. I think you can, as a man, you can civilize yourself somewhat. You know. Well, yeah. You don't want to be having dinner and you're like, I'd like to fuck that waitress. <laughs> yes. But you can think it. You know. <laughs> you also. If, if you were to say, well, I, I, I'm not attracted to any other woman, yes. you'd be like, don't shut the fuck up, you know? <laughs> like, but what, here's, a, here's the overarching question, I think, for all these, all these authors of these pieces of, of male apologists. What is the actual, if, if they're saying it's baked into the male genes, genetics, this like toxic masculinity or masculine aggressiveness or sexual aggressiveness or ambitiousness or just being an asshole, which we know a lot of guys are, by the way. Uh, if, if that's baked into the DNA... What is the actual solution to you know, obviously criminalize rape or criminalize sexual assault? Are you going to criminalize like guys turning their, cranking their necks to see a big pair of tits? I believe it would have to either be genocide <laughs> yes. or eugenics, where where we start taking the testosterone uh, or replacing testosterone at a young age, like in New York, which never got anywhere, but. Remember that cat call video that was like two yes, years ago? Yes. Chick just walked around, you know, shaking her ass. The humble brag of all, the humble brag of all social justice warrior videos. Yeah. And a few guys would not stop looking at my ass. One guy was like, "How are you doing this morning?" And it was like, "See." It's like, what? What the fuck are you talking about? It's like a teamster saying hello. Um, but they they were trying to make it a a, a crime to sort of, you know, cat called which. If, if they're considering how are you doing this morning a cat call 
you, you are just criminalizing normal male behavior at this point. <laughs> well, that, I mean, that's where else do you go with where else? How we, I, we talked before the show, like so like in Singapore, if you spit on the ground that you get like 15 beatings, like cane lashes. So like guys spit, some guys spit. I don't spit, but a lot of people spit just normally and throughout human history. I'm sure people spit all the time, but they decide they don't want people spitting in public because it's gross. So if you get caught spitting, they like just beat you <laughs> like the, the Singapore police just beat you. So nobody spits because it's not worth it because you're like, fuck, I'll just not spit because I don't want to get my fucking backside beat in. So, yeah, there, you can raise the level of punishment to the extent that you modify natural behavior. But isn't that I was thinking, isn't this the same way that like for, for eons, like gay people were punished, like gay men are born. They fall in love. They have attraction to other gay men. And we criminalize that. We said, OK, that's the way you're born, but we're not going to allow you to do that. It's you're going to be I don't know. Some countries put to death. You're going to be put in prison. You're going to have to live in the shadows, converted, converted, whatever it is, uh, because you're acting on your natural instincts. You're not hurting anybody, but you're acting immorally, even though it's in, you were born this way. So what you're telling men is like you're born this way. Some women will argue, feminists will argue it's the, the, the way boys are raised, which has been completely debunked by science, uh, that, it, that it's a nurture versus nature thing. It's a nature thing. So what are you going to do? Like you just dramatically punish men for acting like guys until they stop acting like guys? What is the a hashtag? I am sexist is not going to do anything. There has to be some kind of, you know, really strong consequences to get guys to just hold back their instincts in, pu- in public, at least. It seems to be the sentiment. And and this idiot, Yancey, is dangerous, too. Beca- and, and this whole, you know, all these hashtags. Because it's trying to conflate just regular guys, regular human being behavior with like rape. So I hang out with dudes uh, all the time. And yes, uh, I will freely admit like, oh, man, that chick's really hot. Oh, did you see that? uh, That chick's huge ass or tits. That is not in the same realm as I'm going to go rape her. It's not even... To to suggest that's what these people are suggesting, and it's um, it's not only false; it's dangerous. Yeah, it's 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 criminalizing normal be- normal non-violent behavior as as like a, a pre- as like a precursor to violence. Yeah, like saying all of it is a precursor because because Bill Cosby or, or Harvey Weinstein actually end up being so creepy they drug and rape women that therefore the guys who actually catcall or make locker room comments. Or stare at the, uh, you know, Kim Kardashian's breasts are contributing to this. Like, like, like if they stopped doing that, like rapists would go away. Like that's such a they did the whole thing with porn. They've done studies for porn for decades and decades, and every study they show about porn is that porn doesn't contribute to violent, uh, violent feelings towards women. But somehow it's still it's just considered in common culture that porn creates rape. Uh, it creates a lot of other problems. <laughs> There's a lot of other problems. Perhaps well, I'm, s- I'm still trying to figure out this. So I see stuff like this that was published in the New York Times, which is maybe the biggest circulated paper in the country. Yeah. And it's so radical and not radical in like a cool way. It's like radically stupid. And 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 I but I would no one I would never meet someone that thinks this. It's no. it's like it's there's such a disconnect between what's in the New York Times and and if you if you were to read this like if you're from Sweden and you were like well let's figure out what's going on in America you'd be like oh it appears that men feel really guilty about looking at girls' asses when they were in eighth grade 
And it's like, no. Then you go to like a bar and hang out with normal men and women, yes. and no one thinks anything like this. No. They're all f- normal, it, depending on how well you know the girl. Hey, your tits look really great today. Whatever. It, it all depends on you know your social dynamic. But no one gives a fuck, and no one no. thinks this, and no one believes it. So why is it? On this platform in the biggest newspaper in the fucking country. Why? Like, why what would, is going on? Like, why would you publish an? Why would you publish a long form op ed in the New York Times that will that will not a single person who reads it will be moved or changed by it? Like, I don't know. I like, think I, I think <laughs> like two million people. Two million people will read this, and not one single person will like be moved or changed by, by change by because it's so idiotic it's, it's so, idiotic. so fucking insane who yeah. is in charge of i i meant to actually look at this because when you showed it to me i got so angry but i don't know who's in charge of booking the editorial yes. page yeah but i i have to assume and forgive me because i could be wrong it's either some other like emasculated fool or just some young chick from harvard with five degrees <laughs> like a doctorate in fucking television uh, th- that is so, just so completely disconnected with the real world and with justice, by the way. Yeah, I don't think this compares to, like, say, a, a op-ed on Syria and the war in Syria and how we're handling things and the way we're, you know, joining forces with the wrong allies or bombing the wrong things or some meaningful piece. This is just a masturbatory... Like I wrote this piece, I'm apologizing. I'm getting credits, I guess, at my at Emory University for writing this. Yeah, but it has no impact on the world. What's no positive impact on the world whatsoever? No, and if, and if you're gonna publish something that's just like way out there, which this is, by the way, yeah. I, like there's so many topics. Like, you know, like why don't we have? Uh, why are we still using gasoline? Like, I don't know. We c- I could go for a while, but. Uh, you sound like you're a toxic masculinity man. You're getting worried. You're getting worried. How come you can't jerk about? off in public? Like I don't know, just something that kind of makes you think. Like this, this doesn't make anyone think. It makes it, the only thing it makes you think is this guy's a fucking fool. By the way, one thing you've never heard uh, ever is a natural female instinct that is being uh, demonized. There's never like you never in the last ten years with all this shit going on. You'll never hear like anybody writing a piece or talking about legitimately like. A normal female behavior that might drive. I write these pieces all the time. Oh yeah, you do. Stop (laughs) assuming that everyone's going to pay for your meals and drinks. That's dangerous. Uh, By the way, that is something that I think is actually thought provoking. Why do we assume we're entitled to free uh, dinners and drinks? Uh, How come when a guy proposes marriage, he has to buy me a giant piece of jewelry that was mined by slaves in Africa? Wow, go blood blood diamonds. Well, do you not? I don't want to sound. Um, I was thinking more PMS. I was thinking more about PMS. How like PMS when, when women go crazy from PMS, which is actually a natural hormonal thing, that it's like made to it's it's been in the last you know modern times has been made to be like light and funny and mirthful and like you know <laughs> you know it's like it's the stuff of like oh that's oh yeah like people laugh at like a woman will throw shit at like a guy or yeah it's scream. like a sitcom thing. it's like a sitcom funny thing whereas if a guy is you know aggressive like a male whatever it's seen as, as criminal and rapey and, and, and all sorts of and evil versus just like oh that's just how guys are laugh it off you know that's and by the way we used to, we by the way 50 years ago we probably did say that's just how guys are laugh it off but now it's become the point where like, no it's not funny anymore we can't laugh at it it's, it's criminal it's it's hor- it's horrific you know everything women do is cute or funny everything guys do because they're guys is, is, is dangerous well how about and i'm probably on the higher end of the scale but i have been punched 
and or slapped <laughs> yes, I know, by roughly 10 or 12 women. Yes. In my life. And I was only dating like half of them. So uh, in terms of the New York Times, why do women feel it's okay or that they're entitled to assault other people just because they're smaller? Did you see the video of the, of the did you see that video of the uh, chick in uh, Plattsburgh, New York who choked out the bouncer? No. Oh my God! It's, you got to see it. I'm gonna put. <laughs> I'll put it up on the on the site. Uh, this woman. She's a little tiny, like workout girl. She's like 22 years old, five feet tall, bleach blonde, big fake boobs, but she's like five feet tall, literally five feet tall. I'm into uh, it. You've seen those girls at the gym before, right? Love it. And they like they do the deadlifts and stuff like that, but they're like five feet tall. Yeah, it's great. And they got the bleached hair and everything like that. So face she, is lacking a little bit. Yeah, yeah, a little bit to a lot. And uh, <laughs> and they always have some crazy backstory. Um, but uh, so she was at a bar. She's a uh, SUNY, one of the SUNY colleges in New York bar. She, I think she just graduated. She's with her friend. And the video, you can see in the surveillance video, her friend like just playfully like taps her on the ass in the next bar seat over her girlfriend. Mm-hmm. And she's like probably drunk. And she like turns around. And it was a joke. Like who slapped your ass? She turns around. <laughs> the first guy she sees is, is a guy who turns out to be the bouncer in the bar. And she goes up. She tracks him down across the bar. It's all in surveillance video. Gets up behind him and puts a rear naked chokehold on him. And she's only five feet tall, but she's clearly trained in, in MMA or something because she put a perfect chokehold on this guy wow. and choked him out and he dropped to the ground. And it's just like, and now she's being charged with like strangulation or whatever it is. So she like jumped, she was like piggybacking him? Yes. Oh and and put God. the rear naked choke on him. That scares me. And I think the dude was <laughs> like, the guy didn't react in the beginning. So I think he was just so surprised there was a chick on his back, like, Choking him out. He was like, should I just throw this chick across yeah, the Yeah, by the time he figured out what to do, he started losing consciousness. <laughs> and she took him down to the ground. It was just a perfect thing. And they're like, oh, they're like, write it off. as like, oh, just funny drunk chick strangling a dude. Like, I'm glad she's being charged. <laughs> I mean, if she... She'll get off, dude. She's that... Uh, well, whatever. At least she's got a, <laughs> at least a little higher lawyer. Well, yeah. Well, if a dude did it, obviously he'd be going to jail for felony assault. <laughs> Matt, short of uh, I am sexist hashtags, uh, I know you are a huge fan of the WNBA. Uh, <laughs> you have all the posters of the slightly deformed-faced women. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why. So, like, really tall guys have deformed faces, right? They have uh, odd-looking faces when they're seven feet tall. Well, you're talking about if you have a pituitary disorder. Well, yeah, and they all have, I mean, the, the giantism or whatever. Like the they guy have. on the Clippers, Bo, Bo, Boban? Yes. Yeah, he's got the... Uh, yeah, they have some weird looking facial can, features. But Kevin Garnett, uh, you, just because you, they don't all have a no, they don't all have it. Okay. But they have a some uh, do. Well, first of all, you're in a, you're in a job where looks don't matter at all, so it's not like modeling or something like that or acting. You know, you're in an er, you're in an entertainment area where only performance matters. I think you could argue it matters very slightly. Really, I think if it comes down to two guys and one of them's hideous looking. And you want to th- throw another guy in the end of the bench? The well, maybe better, better looking guy will get that. But like game. Anthony Davis with the with the with like the the, the unibrow, <laughs> which on any other guy would be seen as like, wow, dude, that's like is like has been glamorized, like because he's such a good athlete. Yeah, like they taken that. But the women themselves are not usually very good looking. The, the, the six foot f- five inch tall ladies usually are not very attractive. There's been a few, but yeah, by and large. But I I mean a woman would probably say, well, most NBA players aren't very good looking either no that's what i'm saying you're picked because you're giant yeah so and you have good reflex good good hand, eye hand coordination <laughs> and you haven't died haven't died yet at 25 so the WNBA, unfortunately matt is uh can't the ladies all got together and canceled their cba 
collective bargaining agreement contract with the league after next year because they insist, and actually, by the way, I will say, I think it's a smart business move. They insist they're being paid unfairly compared to NBA players. Most notably, when it came out that the, G, the new G League is now offering $130,000 contracts to kids out of high school, players out of high school, yeah. so they can skip their, that fake year of college and actually go to the G League for a year and make one hundred thirty grand to pay their bills. Well, not, not just any... Uh, they won't take any prospects. Uh, no. It, it, but it's competitive. It has... Well, they haven't defined what it is, but essentially it's it's going to be someone that has an incredibly good chance of being good in the NBA. So It's what, a farm system for the NBA. Whatever that means. Yes, but they're paying them, they're going to guarantee them 130 grand uh, as a contract for the year. But then the, these women, th- this union isn't understanding that that's not just, it's not your average high school, like pretty good at basketball guy. No. It's like these these are, it's only going to be like 20 or so guys it's so all, they're all, all future nba future players. multi multi-millionaires give or take a few yes so these are some of your top college basketball players or i mean high yeah. school players uh, right. pro, pro, guys who would have gone to like kentucky for a year yeah but it, but they're not allowed to go to the nba and this is like their gap this is like a gap year basically yeah there will be a few fuck-ups but they're all going to be uh, first round draft picks well so you say man but and your average first round draft pick over the course of his career is going to make 20 25 million dollars but the WNBA players would like you to know matt that they could they would be glad to take those g league contracts because they can compete easily with those g league g league players that's fucking laughable (laughs) that's insane that's why i'm I'm actually actually, who who said that uh one of the WNBA players slash union spokespeople uh said okay like because well the argument will always be like okay lebron makes whatever he makes and we make one tenth of one percent of what he makes but of course, we're not LeBron James. But now they're going like, even your G leaguers make more than we do. We could obviously compete with your G leaguers. But love that's to- not true. No, it's not. Not even close. I don't think. Even, I don't think it's even close. Actually, it's not close at all. If they, by the way, if they could compete, and and if the, okay. So by this by this logic, next year I expect to see a lot of women playing in the G League. Yes. And and doing very well, but they won't. Because they they can't compete, and we all understand that. Uh, I mean, well, what they're what they're saying, is, I think what they're saying is they they know they probably can't play in the NBA, but they could play at the G League level. But since the G League is only giving it to players who they believe are going to be promoted to the next level, therefore they're not even allowed to play at that pace at that pace scale. But that's not even close to accurate. I know it's not. <laughs> if if the WNBA All Stars, you don't think Diana Taurasi could play can compete in the G League? No, no, me neither. No, I don't think so. Not even close. Of course not. <laughs> not even close. She's she would be playing against a guy who was a D one really good player. Yes. And again, if she was good enough, she would have been playing, uh, not for the UConn women's team, but for the UConn team that people, uh, that the you know that men play for. Yes, and she'd have to be the best person on the like one of the best players on the men's team. Right. It's I can't even believe they're going there. And well, here's here's why here's why I think they're here's why I think they're smart because they're starting to get favorite favorable coverage in the media now because of the women's movement and everything else. Uh, And the whole theory. This guy in Forbes wrote an article in Forbes magazine and was promptly fired later on, uh, saying that if you paid the women more money, it would up the game up their game and their value because the whole point is that they're not worth a lot. These players in the WNBA aren't worth a lot to the bottom line. But if you paid them more and put more money behind their marketing promotion and made them legitimate full-time basketball stars, 
that therefore the ratings would go up, there'd be more money in the league, and they would you know earn earn into that earn into that money. No, I don't think so either. The league's <laughs> already a lost leader. In short, I'm saying pay these women. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> she makes she's gonna go elegant about it. You need to be paid because you command the same respect. The game is just as good. Uh, people have to go and watch it. The, the NBA simply subsidizes the WNBA because they think it's good for their brand and they want more people to be into basketball and watch basketball. I don't know if you've ever watched a WNBA game. Uh, uh, I've watched one quarter of the championship game once. So <laughs> as much as I could do. I don't know what the Staples Center uh, leases for yes. per day, per hour. But when there's four generously 400 people there yes. for a game must be le lesbian girlfriends <laughs> family, family. you're losing a lot of money so the nba already loses money on this and i don't think they care because the nba is doing really well and, and they have a lot of money but yeah it's, tw it's like they i think they spent 25 million a year on it it's a drop in the bucket yeah but if you're gonna talk about like Oh, so now we need more. You're already—they're already doing you a favor, yes. right? So I'm assuming your CBA representative, whoever that would be, uh, the players' rep, did the best job they could. So and and so the players are now saying, uh, well, the NBA, the players get fifty percent, and the owners get fifty percent. We so the way the WNBA deal works is they get twenty percent, the owners get eighty percent. Um. Okay, uh, and. <laughs> even even if you got 50%, you still wouldn't be making very little money. What Carmelo Anthony is making. Um and the owners, I mean losing money is tough they're, to say, but They're losing money at 80%. Right. And and teams are folding right. Teams are starting to fold up right now. Owners are dropping out and teams are folding up and people are leaving the league because there's just there's no money in it other than the subsidy money. Yeah, and the only uh so some of the owners own the uh, franchise because the NBA franchises are essentially sister franchises to the NBA teams. So like Dallas uh, Mavericks have a Dallas, uh, whatever the name Oh really? Is. They own the, the, the men's teams own owners own stakes in the female team. Uh, sometimes yeah. not, not always, but if you, if you independently own one of those teams, a, <laughs> you thought you were going to walk into the cocktail party and be like, I also own a sports team. Hi, Mark Cuban and uh, fucking <laughs> well, <if you> were, <laughs> Robert I mean, I Kraft. Yeah, well, have you heard about the... Uh, the Comets? <laughs> I assume you could buy a WNBA team for about, I don't know, $2 million, right? Uh, so like any wealthy lady, you know, feminist lady, Beyonce, I'm sure, could buy, you know, a, a team and, and, yeah. and Oprah could buy a team and... You know, uh, Reese Witherspoon could buy a team or whoever. Uh, Taylor Swift could buy a team. It'd be no money off their back. It'd be a nice little tax tax write off for them. It's not like it's out of their out of their, someone's league for pocket money for these wealthy people. So nobody wants to, smart people aren't going to invest in this because it loses money. I don't know what the argument, but I'll t let me tell you why I think it was smart. They canceled the CBA because now they have a full year to do a full on media assault, like a uh, uh, politically correct media assault about gender pay inequality. And I think at the end of the day, that's going to get them a lot more pay. So I think you'll find the minimums are at least the, the concession from the d NBA and ESPN who just don't want the bad press will be to give them more money. So they're going to basically extort yes. the NBA with, yes. with like yes. pseudo intellectual nonsense. Yeah, they already had articles being written about like the guy in, in Forbes who wrote like if just pay them more and they will earn into that pay, they will earn into that pay. When does that ever work? Never. 
<laughs> but you're going to see a lot of uh, uh, look. It's it's saying gender. Uh, there's many stories are written about the gender pay inequality from legitimate art, uh, legitimate media outlets about the WNBA versus the NBA without any consideration for the log- the business logic. And at some point, they're just going to say like, okay, we gave you eighty thousand before, fifty thousand before. Just double, just double it. Go and go the fuck away. But so. isn't it well? I guess we sh- we should get a WNBA expert here. But I I, I, don't, I, I thought <laughs> it was based on revenue. So I don't know where they're going to get. Well, that. they would have to ask for a bigger piece of the rev- a bigger piece of the revenue. Of or the they could ask for minimum league minimum salaries. Of the NBA, but I mean, I know they're conjoined somehow. But aren't they separate? I think the ESPN contract for coverage is is separate. I'm pretty sure, but they could just ask for instead of the league minimum is like 36 grand. They could ask to make it raise it to 72 grand or 80 grand. So they're gonna get su- they're gonna get sup- by by canceling the CBA contract and going on a full court PR gender pay inequality campaign and getting some celebrities behind them and other people behind them. They're gonna just that alone. I think is gonna double. Well, I dollars. will be I will be on the front lines campaigning against. Will this. you? Yes. <laughs> Non-equal pay for non-equal work. It'll be carrying signs. You're gonna get beat up by uh, those uh, Brittany Griner and all those girls who beat each other up when they're pregnant. <laughs> it's just gonna, <laughs> it's gonna, gonna kick their ass. I mean, this, it's this is the ultimate ridiculous argument of gender pay inequality because there's such a clear proof that the women are not nearly producing as much revenue as the men. It's all there on paper, and it's so obvious that the only reason they're they're calling gender inequality is because they just want to extort they just want to extort more money well, how about the two of us right now we we just go into your backyard cancel the podcast uh strip down to our underwear do a little dance and then we'll go up to the spearmint rhino and uh question why we're not making the same amount of money as the strippers at that establishment even though no one's paying to see us and we bring in uh comparatively no money can we just do the, la- the last part of that <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't. My backyard shouldn't have to see us dancing around <laughs> in our underwear. I have neighbors, you know. I could be kicked out of this out of this community. No, I agree. I mean, there is a male models. It's been something we talked about this before. Male models make a lot less money than female models do. There's certain areas where women make a lot more money than men in the entertainment prof- in various entertainment professions, and it's all based on bottom line. I mean, Jennifer Lawrence used to make less than than uh, Bradley Cooper. Now she makes makes way more than Bradley Cooper per movie. That's just how it goes. The only thing people care about is money that run these leagues. They're not sexist pigs. They only care about money. If you make them money, they will give you they will begrudgingly give you a portion of that money. If you don't make money, there's nothing there's nothing to argue with, you know. They're not trying to screw you to to, to you know, tell you that it's not like it's not like a Della Della Don or whatever the fuck her name is is actually worth thirty million dollars to the bottom line, but they're paying her a hundred thousand dollars. She's not. She's worth like Three hundred thousand dollars, and they're paying her a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, it's it's completely retarded, and it's like saying, well, uh, so you know, uh, uh, what's a show that's doing well? Blackish, I suppose. Yes, uh, fresh off the boat. Well, you know, if we just gave that that guy in cable access that rants about Jesus, yes. if we just gave him, if we just threw like uh, twenty million dollars behind his show to kind of promote it, you know, he'd easily be doing just as well as. Uh, the Connors. Well, no, actually, uh, there's a product involved, and I'm not saying any of those shows are good, but th- there's no analogy to compare. They the meet a, they meet some certain standard, right? Where the women can't do. I would love to see. I would love love now that the claims are made. I love to see the WNBA players compete against the G League players in a game. That'd be awesome. First of all, there'd be the issue of what ball they use. 
<laughs> I think they use with a regular season size ball or the three quarter size ball to fit the ladies' hands. I think the guys would say uh, we can use the women's ball. Yeah, no problem. We don't care. And when that when that seven foot seven inch guy from the Spire Academy is uh, is is playing against them, they're trying to shoot over him. If the WNBA All Star team so combine both conferences, so they're they don't all, even they're, two conferences. Their first team yes. All WNBA. If they played the main red claws, um, they would lose the it, the score would be roughly 108 to 20. I was going to say no. Don't like discount those girls hitting those three pointers. Would they sub would they be able to pass in like when they're in offense would they get the smaller ball, the color ball to shoot from the outside? Yeah, but they would get blocked every time. I'm pretty convinced G League players don't play defense. And they'd the start perimeter. whining about re- the foul calls. Uh, yeah, well, the defense. But the, G League, the G League stats inform me that there's very little perimeter defense in the, in the G League. <laughs> That's not how you're getting promoted. Right. <laughs> so the, guy, the, the smaller players seem to get, score about 35 points a game. So but we'd have to put a, uh, a little bit of a prize pot up because I think it's... <laughs> <laughs> Matt, let me ask you. There's been a lot of celebrities dying from drugs. That works from drugs and lasts well forever. But between Prince and, and everybody else, it seems like the last few years it does uh, seem like more than usual. It seems like more are dying from drugs than usual. Uh, well, actually, I don't know. I guess if you go back to the '60s and '70s, a lot of musicians went out at 27 years of age from heroin. Well, aren't you know. more um, just regular? Aren't more Americans dying from overdoses? Op- op- from opioids, for sure they are. Because of the fentanyl? Yeah, I guess. I would say there's more cocaine deaths or like, you know, there are, I mean, you don't see people dying from cocaine use like in Hollywood. There was that guy, agent and super agent in Hollywood who died like 10 years ago. They're just doing massive scarface amounts of cocaine and just had mass, uh, massive coronary. That happens every now and then. Right. Uh, that was uh, Charlie Sheen. That happened with Charlie Sheen when it reported that he was dead. But now he just was rushed to the hospital and, his seventh cardiac arrest from snorting cocaine through like a funnel. Um, so Mac, rapper Mac Miller, who I never heard of until he died, and then every single rapper then is doing a tribute album to him. So I, I, I think he was. I'd heard of him. He's pretty popular. Yeah, but it was like you know, it was like the minute he died, there he had forty best rapper friends who were all now doing tribute albums to him, which I assume is for sales. There's, there's like that's a new thing now in hip hop this year is they're all releasing Mac Miller tribute albums. So even if I didn't know him, I'd still release one. I guess we'll do better. <laughs> so his cause of he died, and his cause of death was listed as a, a accidental overdose of cocaine, fentanyl, and et- they call it ethanol, which is liquor. Um, was ruled accidental, and they always these things are always, as you mentioned, natural causes. They're ruled accidental. They're never listed as suicide or some sort of criminal activity. So I wonder, like, how many, how much drugs do you need to take? Like, and, and not just like, you know, smoking, way, smoking way too much weed or even maybe doing cocaine, but mixing in fentanyl, which we know is just cr- incredibly da- an incredibly dangerous drug. How much drugs do you have to do before they no longer rule it acci- accidental? <laughs> accidental and actually, like, if you consume, like, a gallon of sulfuric acid and died, like, if you grab some, like, chemicals from the lab and <laughs> just swallowed it and died, would they call that accidental overdose? Would they call that accidental overdose? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, so if you if you have the fentanyl, I'm assuming I'm not an expert on this, but no one's just popping straight fentanyl. That means you're just doing a bunch of other drugs that have the fentanyl cut into them, right? 
you can get straight fentanyl now. I think it's uh, people that are heroin addicts are using the fentanyl instead of the heroin. I don't know if that's availability issue or just a preference issue. Because I heard like a like fentanyl is is something like a thousand times more strong than the next strongest uh, opiate. Than like oxy. Yeah. Um, li- I mean, it's pretty. It's being produced heavily in, in uh, Mexico now, and it's shipping up to the U.S. pretty pretty large quantities. And my understanding is that fentanyl has become the new cho- the new heroin. So people that are used to do heroin are now doing fentanyl. And I don't know if that's because you don't need to shoot it, and you can just in, you can just inhale it or or consume it and get the same high without Ooh. the without the injection risk. But it, it's it's like what they're it's re- it's a substitute for heroin basically. Right, but like people I, are taking like people are taking fentanyl intentionally. But I don't understand why it's being produced. Like, well, this is a thousand times more potent than oxycodone or whatever. It's like, okay, so why don't you just take five oxys? instead of like a, a fucking y- you know thimble head of this like I, I don't understand the need for it like i don't know how many elephants need tranquilizing <laughs> per year but i'm sure we can figure something out because like the what was purdue pharmaceuticals who's the family that you know that whole story no i'm not sure the family story they produce like eight million pounds of oxy a day or something yeah, and they lied about the effects of it. They doctored up all the studies, and so they were actually indicted and being sued uh, uh, by the State Department. And then last minute, it's like, oh, they're wealthy. We can't do this. And someone came in and, and just got them off. But I would miss all the hot pharmaceutical sales reps that push their products. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that it's it's nasty. And and like in West Virginia, there's all these. Uh, the, the the state is basically running these drugs. Like the, they import them at one point in West Virginia, there was like a hundred thousand pills per resident. <laughs> and so they crazy. get them shipped in there and then they, you know, go off to Florida where everyone's all fucked up and dying. And I mean, you know, like driving around even L.A., which we're not in the in the heartland, you yeah. know, the real America where everyone's all fucked up. But you see people that, that can't walk. And yes. that's that's not that's not margaritas. No, they're taking they're taking oh, there's some kind of opioids. They're her- there's still heroin, a lot of heroin in L.A., but fentanyl is replaced. I think fentanyl is replacing that because it's just an easier source of the same effect, basically. Yeah, you're taking a, a pill. You got a pill instead. You got a pill instead of having to melt down the fucking tar and, and, and inject it and all that other crap. Yeah, it's synthetic. Like I was at the you know the rock and roll rouse. Mm-hmm. I got to stop going there. Um so I couldn't find a spot in the parking lot. So I parked at a meter uh, on the street on the same block. And I was looking at the bushes as I was walking in. And I said to myself, I, I, I bet I would bet myself a thousand dollars. I see a discarded needle in these bushes. Oh, yeah. And sure enough, there were two of them. But I, was th- I was just thinking about my famous uh, homeless uh, spot where I saw a guy. He had just moved and he left behind three needles, uh, two empty bottles of vodka and six uh, uh, spent condoms. <laughs> And I thought, well, that's really sad. But then I thought, well, that's so much better than my life. Like this, <laughs> this guy's having a good, this guy's having a good time. <laughs> like, I mean, yeah, sad. I mean, I guess that he can't quit. But also, like, he had a much better Saturday night than I did. Uh, so it's not that bad. Well, so here's the point. Like, if you're going to be, t- if you're, if you're smoking weed or drinking beer or drinking Jack or whatever, and something happens and you die, obviously it was not a suicide. No one kills themselves with like, you know, Schlitz and, and, and weed. So, but if you start, when you start taking hardcore drugs and mixing really hardcore drugs and you die, at what point, I mean, I guess they just want, don't want to rule any celebrity death a suicide. 
But at what point is it actually just suicidal behavior when you're cons- popping nasty shit in, that routinely kills people? Yeah, it, it'd be nice. I mean, I'm sure it wasn't. I don't know that he was like, I'm going to kill myself. Probably I mean, not. I, I have a, I have a friend that's slowly killing himself with, yes. with alcohol, and it's, it's tough to to watch. But maybe if we just applied some real real life vernacular to these you know very clinical forms like uh well he had a death wish or um you know well he knew what he was doing in the long term however he didn't really think it was going to end this night right something like that like, I guess. Uh, he was on a pathway to death yeah you know i mean if you i think it has it's important for coverage one is suicide is actually a crime so it actually goes down as a, as a as a criminal as a criminal thing. So if you're actually attempting suicide, you can be 5150, you can be, you know, arrested, things like that and forced into mental into counseling. So there is some different there's a there's a different standard for suicide versus accidental. Um, it also affects the statistics, of course. So well, we need to get rid of criminalizing suicide if you want to kill yourself well the only reason i think it's a basic civil right well yeah if you if you're successful they can't actually do anything to you (laughs) but like yeah but i think the idea is that if you're attempting suicide and you are unsuccessful then they can arrest you and put you into some sort of psychiatric they can put you into some sort of psychiatric counseling like if you jump off the bridge and survive they're then allowed to pluck you out of the water yeah and and arrest you therefore you have you can't just go back home and and i don't agree with that if you got a buddy we'll drop you off at his house i don't i don't think the state needs to get involved no i think who uh, really turns their act around anyway no one really does (laughs) not really nor do these guys like they're 25 and and doing fentanyl and cocaine and stuff like that i would just like the story the whole media story to be like it wasn't accidental like oh no he accidentally oh he accidentally killed himself on fentanyl cocaine and booze for the 500th night in a, <laughs> in a row right, right. just to say like he took drugs till he died how about we can just agree on that he took drugs till he died yeah just some some very common sense language i think would would help a lot because there are like you know people that obviously young dudes that admire mac miller who's like yes. he's like their role model or, yes. or whatever many people and you got to wonder if so mac miller became this successful rapper and uh you know so obviously he has access to all these free uh drugs and unlimited booze um but would he have been that guy anyway would he have just been a guy you know sitting on a bus bench you know fucked up on opiates or or was it just this you know life's the success and the lifestyle it afforded that uh that led to this well it makes you it makes you one or two by ruling an accident it makes it seem like there's actually a there's actually a healthy way to consume cocaine, fentanyl, and booze. Like, if you do it right, you're good. Matt, we got an email about a, uh, from Roman about a fat woman you love. Into the big, big and busty ladies. Although, I don't know if Rebel Wilson is actually... It's weird when there's, like, fat women who aren't busty. That's really throws me, that really throws me off. <laughs> I always feel sorry for those ladies. Yeah, is she not... I don't know. I mean, I don't th- maybe she's not. I just doesn't show yeah, herself off. Yeah, look up uh, Re- Google Rebel Wilson, uh, big big fat tits, <laughs> and uh, maybe she just doesn't show them off. Usually, uh, ladies that are obese have uh, the big jiggly, big jiggly fat boobs. She's not like, I mean, she's obviously very overweight. Yeah, she's not like morbidly obese. She looks like she could actually go into a gym and yeah. Uh, hold yeah. On. She's done a few things where she lost fifty. She does do the thing where they lose fifty pounds for a little while. Then it goes usually goes back on. She's a, she's big. No, she has big boobs. 
That's she. Okay, good. Thank goodness. The saving grace of uh, <laughs> of, fat, of fat ladies. So uh, Roman wants to know: Is this fight between Re- Rebel Wilson and black actresses and critics over which fat chick made the first fat chick? This is mean. Made the first fat chick rom com going to end with a truce at the Golden Corral. So <laughs> <laughs> I love buffets. Do I you really? Like, yes. You like the Golden no, Corral? No, I just like the idea, concept. I, no, I wouldn't eat there. I just like the concept <laughs> of buffets. I like the fact that we live in a country where we acknowledge that people uh, overeat, but then we glorify not just buffets, but like food eating competitions and like overindulgence and like yeah. things like that. Like it, it's like people love buffet. Like you go to Vegas, people love buffets. And somehow they have not made the connection between all you can eat food and like the obesity <laughs> epidemic in the country. <laughs> like yeah. they, they, this is a huge disconnect. They glamorize like the buffet is glamorized. Yeah. But like the fact that what it does to you, like fentanyl, booze and cocaine, like it's just glamorized as food, it, it, excessive indulgence of low end, f- low end fatty food. Yeah. And there's got to be people like I go into a buffet and I just I eat like a normal person. I like I like I salads yeah. and omelets and stuff. Uh, you're so the guy who pays for everybody else. Who yeah, exactly. I'm like, I'm just subsidizing these fucking pigs. The offensive lineman. I'll go into a buffet and just be like, how about you just make me something in the kitchen <laughs> yes. instead of all this shit that's been sitting out here that's gross? Like, uh, yeah, just cook me something. My favorite was a, uh, I forget where it was at, but uh, there was a salad bar area of the buffet. And then at the end of the salad bar was a giant container of chocolate pudding. <laughs> oh <my laughs> I was like, and oh. I was like, <laughs> I was just like, okay. Like they're just pretending with the salad bar here. <laughs> it was like kind of grabbing a couple of croutons or whatever. And at the end, the big thing of chocolate pudding. So and they put it in the salad bar area, so you can look like you appear to be in the salad bar area while while ladling in chocolate chocolate if pudding. If you're eating pudding past the age of fucking five, <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, well, they always yeah. have the soft serve machines like that. So here's what happens. So Rebel just, Wilson, just, oh, sorry, go ahead. Rebel Wilson, who's the fat Australian girl from Pitch, all the Pitch Perfect movies, she's. If you're fat, if you're a fat lady, you have to be saucy. It's very important to be saucy and body. She and, and in every movie they put her in, she's like kind of rapey. She's like, yes, I, I'm I'm gonna suck your dick, and the guy's like, he's always kind of turned off. Yeah, I've seen her in like ten of these scenes. It's somehow funny that the fat woman is sexually aggressive. It is funny, uh, but it's like also you know it's weird if you de- weirdly demeaning. Yeah, in a certain way, like I'm fat, therefore I'm gonna be a slut. Yeah. You know, I'm it's really odd. horny because I'm fat. That whole thing about like being horny, f- obese woman, is like a stereotype that a I bet doesn't really exist, and, uh, and b it's kind it, of it, it, it does it it exists. Really? Oh wow, man! Yeah. after we go off the air, I want you to tell me some stories. <laughs> so she made this movie. She's in this movie called uh, "Isn't It Romantic," which is a rom com. She gets she's a fat woman who gets transported into, the, into a rom com world. It sounds awesome, doesn't it? And she has to live in a rom. She has to live in a rom com. Where am I? You're in the emergency room. This isn't an emergency room. This is a William Sonoma. Make my way downtown. It looks like somebody's put a beauty filter across New York City. Nine one one. What's your emergency? Someone's broken into my apartment and they've taken everything and replaced it all with much nicer stuff. So imagine that Rebel Wilson in, in like the role of like the leading lady in this a rom com. This is like the most horrible premise for a movie I've, uh, i try to put i try to think of how a woman thinks of what movie they want to see and then i think that it still sounds fucking horrible it still sounds fucking horrible so she's in like she she is a real life that saucy rebel wilson girl like very like you know f- feminist forward you know progressive 
But then she's transported into the cutesy world of like a rom-com where she has to do endure all the rom-com tropes that women do in rom-coms. Uh, I'll give it a chance. It could actually be funny. No, no, it would be horrible. <laughs> <laughs> if it was meant to be good, they would have put uh, Melissa McCarthy in the role. That's my belief because she's actually a good actress. Yeah. So when they did like the movie Spy that she was in or other movies where she has to like sort of transition from fat dopey girl into like sort of normally sexually active woman. She actually can pull it off. Right. Uh, I've never seen Rebel Wilson do that. But anyhow, so she, Rebel Wilson went out, and of course, they had to promote this as the first, uh, whatever, they didn't call it obese, obviously, the first plus-size female lead rom-com. And Rebel Wilson like was all over the uh, social media like promoting it as like, you've got to see this groundbreaking, uh, first heavy set female in a rom-com lead. And immediately, every single black person on Twitter <laughs> mostly film critics and, and movie people and, and social commentators went, well, wait, no, Queen Latifah made that fucking holiday movie like 15 years ago where she's like, you know, a fat girl, who goes, a fat woman who like leaves her job. She thinks she's dying, goes overseas and falls in love. Or it's a rom-com. And Monique, I think was on the Martin Lawrence show. She's a heavy set black comedian, also made a ro- traditional rom-com like 10 years ago or more. And they started calling out Rebel Wilson and saying, you know, change your change your slogan about what you're saying because it was these black fat ladies who were first in rom-coms. And Rebel Wilson responded by uh, blacklisting, no, no pun intended, uh, you know, shutting off the accounts of all the p- who follow her of all the black people. <laughs> she just blocked everyone. She blocked every black person basically who was criticizing her. And it, by the way, if you know how black Twitter works, they're very aggressive. Yes. So it's not like she got the one response. She got like a thousand responses with like, you lying bitch. You <laughs> know, here's, and they always say, here's the receipts. And they show the screenshots of her sayings. Because later on, Rebel Wilson kind of denied that she did it. And so they had all the screenshots of them being blocked and her, you know, her being nasty to them and stuff like that. And, well, and then they got into white privilege, which I don't quite understand exactly how it fits into this situation. But black Twitter loves to say white privilege. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Um, but here's the thing. Isn't this the dumbest argument ever because they're fighting over who was the, f- who was the first fat chick in a movie that nobody, wants to, that nobody really wants to see? Uh, the, I will say this. The Queen Latifah movie wasn't that bad, the holiday movie. Well, I would... Because she's actually a, a good, fairly good actress. Yeah. Yeah. Like, who doesn't like Queen Latifah? Everyone likes Queen Latifah. But I would, I would argue... I mean, Queen Latifah now is... is she's getting up there in, in age, right? She's probably 50 she's probably 55 55 years old so now i I would like to argue what constitutes fat so queen latifah was never petite uh, obviously but she 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 weighed 180 uh, she looked like she was like in shape really i mean compared to like i just don't know what constitutes plus size like plus size she's fat like brigitte nilsson could be plus size she's not fat she's just well, I think if you think about uh, non-sex, non-traditionally sexy women, so it's always was Meg Ryan, or it's Michelle Pfeiffer, or it was uh, you know Julia Roberts, classic, or even for females like Halle Berry. These are all very tight-bodied women. Yeah, but then who could wear bikini? Who could wear bikinis in the movies? Or but those are all those are all especially small women. So look at like Charlize Theron, who's probably bordering on six feet taller yeah, around there extremely tall has some some delts on her um no one's calling her plus size are they no although uh, she doesn't really actually no but she doesn't actually do rom-com she doesn't do rom-coms ratio. 
she does badass action. She does usually badass action films. So, and she's still fairly slender for her size. She's still fairly slender for her size. These are these are heavy set women. No, it's a, I'm just playing devil's advocate. These are women who are not going to be on bathing suits by the pool in the uh, you know at the clubs where you hang out. Well, so, why didn't Rebel Wilson like? I don't blame her for just blocking everyone because who wants you know she's doing a, a junket tour. She doesn't have time to argue with fucking losers on Twitter. But um, what's wrong with just saying uh, losers? Are you calling uh, Essence Magazine critics? The movie critics and losers, Matt. Yes. Uh, but what's wrong with just saying, uh, oh, yeah, actually, you're right. Yeah, there was. Queen Latifah's great. And I'm like, I'm not the first, clearly, but it's just still like groundbreaking, whatever the fuck, empowering, groundbreaking, whatever fucking great made up words they want to use to have a fat chick in a romantic, <laughs> in a romantic movie. Right. I think the bigger problem here is not who did it first, but why the fuck they're making, why the fuck they're making the movies. Because from what I've been reading... Uh, for all those people who go like, oh yeah, all the fat, the fat lady. I mean, first of all, who wants to see fat women or fat men for that matter? As you've mentioned many times, there's not going to be a Kevin James sexy profile <laughs> piece. They're not going to do Kevin James as like the sexy male lead. He never plays sexy male lead. He plays goofy, funny male lead. Yeah, he plays schlubby loser blue collar guy. It wasn't like Paul Blart was supposed to be a, was a hot guy. <laughs> he plays him as a goofy fat guy. Yeah. You know, John Candy, all those guys. They always played these characters as goofy. They never played him as sexy. Um, but who would? But besides a few w- large set women, who wants to see large women in the movies? I mean, movies are fake. They're fantasy. And I found from reading that even larger women prefer to see you know more fantasy type women in in the romantic movies and in the books they read and everything else because it's an aspira- it's an aspirational thing yeah ev- everyone likes hot women and i don't mean hot like oh so you're saying they have to be anorexic no no one's saying that i didn't say that no one thinks that um but you know not severely overweight and when uh rebel wilson is so, like this is also like i know that she has to have an angle here like I'm sure a publicist told her to what to say, but okay. So you're the first plus sized rom com star. Okay. Yes. So there's a show. I don't know if it's still on. Is it Mike and Molly? What's the show uh, with the two fat people? Uh, Melissa McCarthy and uh, what's his name, the uh, Billy uh, Gardell. Yeah. I want to say Mike and whatever. Mike the, and Molly. Yeah. The Mike TV and show. Molly. Yeah. I don't think it's on anymore. Okay, but that was a sitcom that came out far before this rom com. So it's like, at what point it's like. Well, I, I'm the first fat person to star in a suspense thriller uh, <laughs> alongside uh, Liam Neeson with, you know, themes of the uh, Civil War Reconstruction era. Like, OK, you're not the first fat person to act. No. So although there are very few fat women working and there are very few fat women working in, in a list in a list projects. That's uh, true. And there's not many fat guys working in a list projects, unless they're the comedic relief. Um, but there's just very few roles for fat women in Hollywood. I mean, that just goes without saying. There just aren't a lot, other than the fat friend, there aren't a lot of roles and well, leading roles. Well, that's because people are not attracted to fat people. Yes. And the reason they're not attracted to fat people is because people are attracted to health. Yes. Uh, people are attracted to, uh, you know, genes that that symbolize vitality and, and, and going forward with the human race and when you see someone who's who's at the pudding at the pudding the pudding section of the salad bar (laughs) yeah they're they're (laughs) ill i mean you don't see a lot of actors walking around with a dialysis machine 
in the scene either. But don't but you see them doing their th- their sixty second workout, like Ashley Graham doing their workouts <laughs> at the gym? <laughs> well, here's what, so here's what I read from fat women. I learned a lot about fat women. When they dream, when when fat women, and this is not everybody generalization, but when fat women dream about romance and falling in love, they don't dream about being fat and falling in love. Like that's not to them is not realistic. I mean, they might fall for like the goofy guy or whatever, but they don't dream of like Bradley Cooper wanting to be with them while they're fat. What they dream about is losing weight and then being hot and then getting a guy. So that's why in the romantic comedies or romantic movies or novels or whatever they're reading, they want to have normal sized women who fall in love because that's their aspiration. Their aspiration is not to stay fat and and fall in love because they don't believe that's realistic. Their aspiration is to lose their aspiration. Their first aspiration is to lose weight. Then their second aspiration is once I lose weight, I'm going to look amazing and these dudes will be all over me. That's how their fantasy works. So they don't want to see fat women who have given up like to them. That's such a non-believable storyline that I can still be fat and and, uh, you know, uh, whoever, whatever Hollywood leading guy is going to fall is going to fall in love with me. Right. So that's made that was kind of opened my eyes a little bit to this, which just means there's no natural audience for this film, which means it's just a fucking uh, look at virtue, virtue signaling piece. Look at us. We have a we have a fat girl leading a rom com. It's funny we're talking about this because I actually like <coughs> this week I got well I was kind of like depressed about other shit but I was on a uh, Bumble you know Bumble <laughs> speaking of, speaking of where fat ladies go Bumble is so I didn't know this Bumble is a. Uh, the same thing as Tinder. It's almost the same thing, except the women have to initiate the conversation. Correct. How that's not sexist, I have no idea. Um, but the chick that started Bumble, she worked for Tinder, left because of sexual harassment, was granted a uh, a large um, settlement, used that to found Bumble. <laughs> and now she's got this rule that women can only uh, initiate the conversation, which is hilarious. But anyway. Um, well, I guess it allows you not to get creepy guys any dick pics, right? Yeah, and it's voluntary. I have I have no problem with it, but I just it should be acknowledged that there is a double standard again. Um, but uh, so what I do because I, I have a lot of more important shit to do, I'll go on there and just swipe like a thousand pictures, mm-hmm. and uh, so then I'll get matched with a bunch of them, and then half of them I'm like, oh, okay, I'm not into that. Um, and this very heavy. Wait, once you swipe, they can then contact you. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Well, th- yeah. Once you swipe, they then I guess can initiate a conversation. Ma- they, you match with them. Yeah. Okay. And uh, so this really heavy, uh, not very attractive girl, uh, you know, hit me up and was like, "Hey, how are you doing?" So I didn't want to be rude, and I so I just said, "You know, how's it going?" But never had any intention of going out with her. No, because you're very superficial and can't look beyond uh, the the outer the outer shell of the lady. That's exactly right. Okay, fair enough. Um, like everybody else on, on Bumble <laughs> and Tinder. <laughs> yeah. I mean let's call it spade a spade. And uh and then she she didn't really get it that I was kind of blowing her off. And uh so I would you know, she's like, Well how come you have this deadline? And I'm like, Well, because you know, I just have to work and she's like, Well when are you gonna be not working? And I'm like, I don't know. And it, and it got very aggressive and uh, it made me feel terrible. That's the that's my whole story. Bumble sounds amazing. I uh, I was fortunate to date in the non only date in the non digital era. When if you didn't like a girl and she didn't like you, you said uh, goodbye at the bar or wherever else or wherever it was, and you never saw her again. <laughs> and she had no way of reaching you, and you had no way of reaching her. So now with the I don't know how people do this in the electronic age. We have to put up with conversations like that because yeah. that conversation would never happen face to face. 
No, it because you'd be, she'd be like, "Why?" You'd be like, "Listen, I gotta go," and you just leave. Right. But you can't leave digitally. I mean, you can start blocking people and stuff, but they find you and so like that. I don't know how people have like ex girlfriends with Facebook around and Instagram and everything. Like Jesus, like the, the way you can track down harass and like never let people off the hook. Yeah. It's like crazy. Whereas the old days, like you know, even if you met a girl in a bar, even if you hooked up with her and slept with her the next day, and you realize you didn't, <laughs> that was kind of a mistake. You'd be like, ah, oh, that's a great time. All right, maybe I'll catch you sometime. And you leave, and then you never, ever see her again, and she'd never see you. And there was really no way outside of hiring a private detective you could find where this person was. Like, it was just like, all right, great time, goodbye. And, like, you never, unless you randomly ran into them again, you yeah. never had to worry about that was the end of the relationship. Yeah. You didn't, you didn't get, there's no questions. Well, you got you to gotta isolate yourself. I found on Facebook uh, through multiple trials the way to handle that and Instagram and all that shit is uh, behave very off kilter so that the woman then blocks you. Yes. Because otherwise you're just going to be looking at whose dick she's sucking. Yes. And, and I, no I, one wants, you, it's just not healthy. I can't imagine. They're always talking about like the probable dating in the, in the modern world. I can't imagine dating in a world with the, uh, with universal access to one digital universal access to one another and the ability to look up people's where they're going to be, where they work, who their friends are. You can fuck somebody up so bad. I want to ask you about Ellen. To like, uh, God, everything today is like, like right she, in your wheelhouse. She could, so she could fuck you up really <laughs> she badly. Is never, the vanilla, she is the vanilla of comedy. Wow, that just so we, did, we talked about this, I guess it was two years ago now, when uh, Ellen brought on Qu the comedian Quincy Jones, whose big hook is that he's not the Quincy Jones. He's actually just named Quincy Jones, but he's not the actual. Well, famous. he changed his name to Quincy Jones. Uh, oh, did he really? Yes. Oh, I thought his name was Quincy. That's Jones. a huge red flag, right? There. Yes. So he changed his name to a famous person's name, and then his his hook is that he's not that famous person. Yeah, as an entertainer, you yes. gotta really question yes why you would do that because that's not a a common name. There's a, there's one Quincy Jones, and it's always gonna be the Quincy Jones that we know. Yes. If you Google Quincy Jones, the first eight thousand uh, references will be to the music producer. Uh, 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 so he's Quincy doing Jones. something really shady already, yeah. Just with the name change. But he was fortunately was diagnosed with cancer and had a year to live. And he, I guess he is. He was a hardworking stand-up in L.A. I mean, he claims to have worked ten thousand ten thousand gigs. I don't know. I mean, he claims that he was like doing. He was doing four one year. He did four hundred four hundred shows one year. I don't. I'm again. sorry. I I don't want to hear any more claims that no one can prove. <laughs> yes. Like I mean, James Woods claims he has 180. And anytime the only source of your claim is you, yes, it means nothing to me because I think everyone's a fucking liar. Well, I think he was legitimately, from what I understand, he was legitimately trying to be a stand-up comedian. He wasn't like a lazy-ass motherfucker. He was actually out. He may not be talented, but he was actually out there putting himself no, out No, he there. was like a legitimate like, hustler, like comedian. I'm, yes. You know. He was, he was actually doing, he was actually working the game. He wasn't yeah. just smoking weed on his couch and like, going out once a month to the ice house or something. Right. So anyhow, but so in fact, he got a year left to live and there was a camp, a GoFundMe campaign to try and get him a, an HBO special for his comedy before he died. And it got, of course, picked up by Ellen's producers who I think just Google the web for a uh, sad story. Right. <laughs> it's like sad story celebrity or sad story somebody. And they came with Quincy Jones, the comedian. And Ellen had him on the show. And the big reveal is always a bit wise. Ellen had me on the show. She doesn't like guys. Uh, I'm not famous. Whenever a non-famous person is on Ellen, they're about to be given a check, a giant-sized check of some kind. Right. Uh, and so the big reveal is like, I, Ellen, have got you an HBO special. 
because you're about to die and it's your, and it's your, your you know, you make a wish foundation basically. Here's the thing that you uh, mentioned last time that you want to do a comedy special. That's really important for you to do a comedy special. Yes, I really want to do it. Yep. So what you what you don't know is we uh, I, I, we called the head of HBO and your people didn't even tell you this, but HBO is going to air your special. Did, did you did you see on John Oliver's show they showed a clip? So Oprah was trying to get out the vote. Yeah, she knocks on this woman's door and she, and the woman sees Oprah and, and she, she lights yes. up. Yes, because she thinks she's about to get a car or something. Oh, I see. And it's Oprah saying, "Have you registered to vote?" <laughs> oh yes. Anyway, people love hilarious. people go crazy when they see Oprah. By the way, well, I can't yeah, think of an, I can't think of another act, uh, celebrity where people go so especially ladies go so crazy as when they see Oprah. I'd like to at least get an like an iPod out of her. Yes, you right straight to vote. Uh, so Quincy Jones got the HBO special. Said he was dying. This is two years ago. I didn't. Ever, did you see the HBO special? He I did. I watched some of it. Okay, pretty mediocre. Uh, I okay. try not to criticize. Well, so at the time, I remember you saying, "I don't want to criticize a guy who's dying." Good news, Matt. He didn't die. It's two years later. He's still active on Twitter. I don't know if he's still doing shows or not. But apparently the year to leave thing didn't really hold, didn't really hold <laughs> because now it's been three years and he still seems to be very active, uh, active, at least on social media. Uh, so this week, Ellen also brought in a, a Bravo TV top chef girl who was diagnosed with a year left to live. And Ellen is going to give this TV chef. Uh, she's a younger, not completely successful TV chef yet. She was on top chef. I think she came in second place or third place. And she's going to give her a whirlwind tour of restaurants of the world to visit restaurants on the world because she only has a year left to live. We want to be a part of, of helping with that. So our friends at Shutterfly want to make sure that you get to do everything you want to do. So they're giving you a check for $50,000. Oh my God. To help. <laughs> so here's my, here's my question. What, isn't a year left to live too long to actually start doing these like make a wish things? I feel like probably the kids who are given the make a wish are, are dying. Isn't it, isn't it time uh, that she maybe go three months left to live or like a month left to live? Uh, because the year left to live seems very vague. It seems like something you can easily outlive and make these pity, these pity parties look pretty shitty. Look pretty shitty. Yeah, I don't know because I, I admit I have no experience with um, terminal illness or uh, the medical field, but... I did read somewhere that doctors actually don't say things like that because um, of the uh, liability. So, like, if you have two weeks to live, I'm guessing that means you're going to die really soon. Really soon. But I heard... Like, take you off life. And I, I don't know if this is true, but they won't, they won't say you have a year to live because they don't know. How It seems like there's been no way... I mean, yes, you might have a horrible illness that is f a fatal illness, but the idea that you, they could say a year seems way too speculative. Like, could it be six months or could it be six years? It's definitely like you have a horrible illness. By the way, maybe it's currently untreatable or they think it's untreatable, but there's no possible way that 12 months out they can say you got 12 months left. And <laughs> I don't think most, do I think a doctor that said that well, look at this case. I mean, th it would be irresponsible. It would be a... a With Quincy a, Jones, you mean? Yeah, it'd be like a violation of some sort. So, like... Well, unless you wanted an HBO special, <laughs> then, it works out, then it works out pretty... I'm not saying he didn't have cancer. Uh, I'm just saying that the idea you have a year left to live is a very vague thing that, especially on The Ellen Show, seems like it's not actually, hap like it's not actually happening. Well, I think they might, they might say... Uh, 
so on average people with this advanced you know stage three you know live between one and four years sure or, or something like they said that to like ladies with breast cancer and stuff the, the, like the mortality rates right but they don't say you have one year <laughs> in the movie so what's today january 13th okay so you'll be dead on the uh yes. the 12th actually. yes like they don't that's just not realistic well stuff. you know where they actually said that in the Queen Latifah romantic <laughs> comedy, they told her she had a year left to live, and so she quit her high-powered job and went <laughs> off to Europe to find love. Which is why they wouldn't do that, because someone would sue the shit out of them. Yes. Like, hey, I spent all my life savings. That's what she did. That's what she did. She liquidated everything. You love off. this movie. You, I you know the whole plot. Well, only because it's better than, I'm sure, every Wilson movie, but that's exactly the plot. They told her she has a year left to live. She liquidates everything and takes all her money to go, you know, to go visit this French or some Swiss chateau, high-end chateau. Uh, and doesn't tell anyone she's dying, and it's like her her you know her her, her bucket list. She get a lot of a lot of dick. It's her bucket list. Now there's one guy she falls in love with, of course. Oh, a hot hot dude. But uh, it's like a bu- it's and, but she meets like the top chef. She, it's like a bucket list fantasy for dying woman. So of course this is Ellen is a super cheesy show yeah. where she's frankly behaving oddly. <laughs> I only see it when I'm at the gym yes. and it's on mute. But she's just doing weird shit, and uh, she's she's always crawling around and like making weird faces it's when she dances yeah she's dancing she's almost behaving like a like a small child in a grown woman's <laughs> body um but uh all the while honing in on the, on the hot chick she can get with after the show right but she knows and especially the producers know this is bullshit yes right there's no way i mean either you're, when you are dying you're like people don't just die from cancer they get really ill and then they die from, and there's it's a, it's a process, right? Your body breaks down. It takes a while. In some cases, it moves very rapidly, but it still takes many weeks, if not months, before it happens. Like you don't discover, you don't feel fine, discover you have cancer, and die the next day. That doesn't happen like that. Right. It's a progressive. It's a progressive illness. You end up being hospital. You end up being incapacitated. For usually, you're going through chemo or other things. But even if you give up treatment, you become imp- incapacitated in various ways, then hospitalized, then hospice, and then at some point, it, at some point, it ends. But that's towards the end. That's towards the end. There's be no way to know. Yes, you have a disease that most people die from within the year. But you could easily go on for like Quincy Jones for many. Quincy Jones by lived to be 110. So it's like it just it feels very not only to feel like is it kind of, not only is it kind of gross to say, OK, you're dying. Here's a big here's a big th- a big reward for you. Because, yeah, I mean, it's sad that someone's dying. But, yeah, what about like homeless kid from a broken family whose parents beat him? Like, does he get nothing? Because he's still he's still gonna live. He's still gonna live. I mean, if you think about it, it's a very grotesque circus type thing to do. Yeah. Like, you have cancer, you're dying. So here's money. Go live it up before you're before you're dead. Well, it's probably awesome if you're a con man or woman. Yes. I mean, <laughs> if if you're gonna, you know, do, do we even know? Like I, I don't know. I'm getting too weird about this shit, but I'm sure they. I'm I, sure they're. Let, I'm sure they're. These people are vetted, and I'm sure they actually have medical records. And that one girl, the girl, the woman, they, the chef woman, actually went through chemo. She lost her hair. She got something going on. Okay. Although it was an illness I've never heard of before. Um, I mean, she claimed to go. In, she claimed she went in for shoulder pain, and they discovered there's a weird, weird variation of cancer that is basically unstoppable. Um, so it's a it's a rare thing. It just seems to me it's a very not only is it an uneven sort of thing where you don't know if people are going to die, but also it's a very grotesque circus type thing to like pay somebody. I mean, I guess for kids, Make-A-Wish Foundation is, is somewhat different. 
but for full-grown adults. Yeah, I was going to say, does this represent a certain infantilizing of our culture? Because I I get the make-a-wish thing, um, although it makes me uncomfortable, so I feel like they should do away with it. But I get why it exists. But now this is the adult make-a-wish. Yes. And, um, and it's sort of random. And it's, and it's they're selecting people in the entertainment space. Yeah, like it really sucks that, that you have some form of cancer but i i don't know i mean so now you get to go to disneyland <laughs> but what about the guy with aids or the guy with uh they don't do it it's not a hot, that's not a hot topic yeah, anymore like whatever various uh terminal diseases and uh, i don't know like we can't take everyone that's under the age of 40 who's dying and give an hbo and special be like hey <laughs> we're flying you to the moon like it's That'd be awesome, it's by the way. It's not feasible. Can I tell you, I was I was sort of against make it. I mean, as, as, as inspiring as it might be, I was sort of against the idea of Make a Wish Foundation until that one kid from like redneck kid from like Tennessee, his wish was to go to Alaska and to hunt down one of the uh, <laughs> one of these endangered bears with a knife. <laughs> he wanted to kill like an endangered bear, <laughs> and it's like, and they were like, uh, "No, we can't have you." He's like, "That's what I want." I mean, he was like nine and dying. Yeah, he's like, "I want to kill a bear. I want to kill like a brown, whatever his bear." They didn't let him do <laughs> it. No, they didn't let him do it. I was like, "Oh no, man, come on!" I'm like, "What's <laughs> the cutoff for Make a Wish?" Because obviously, a blowjob has been floated out there at some point. Yeah, I think it has to be legal. I think legal has to be a part of it, and I think also promotable on their on their website. You can take him to to. Uh, thailand or something i mean someone's contributing the, the gifts you know the, the make the wish well i'll, I'll contribute to a 12 really? year old getting a blow getting a blow job okay, actually let's cut that part out <laughs> that sounds like a sad <laughs> that sounds like a sad like a really sad like uh andy warhol type movie or <laughs> 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 someone's just giving underage underage kids blowjobs well i think that's been done in movies before i don't know i just i, I found i find ellen to be a horrible person and i find this this practice this you're dying Here's your thing, and then the worst of all, then, then they don't, then they don't die. Then it's like really disappointing. It's like okay, I mean, if Quincy Jones died, you're like okay, that HBO special thing was kind of like, you know, ran, pretty random, but he did die. But he's still on Twitter every day. He's commenting on all shit. <laughs> like, like, ah, come on, get the special, get the special back. Uh, Matt, it's time for our final Eating segment today, Panties in a Bunch, which uh, would only be heard by Patreon.com. I think I called subscribers. Patreon.com forward slash last minute. This is just literally for you, like, uh, bold, brave, <laughs> generous people who pay a dollar a month <laughs> for stuff. unlimited. Once you, you tell me he made up his name to be Quincy Jones, what can you get for a dollar yeah, a month? Now, there's yeah, no yeah, other yeah, thing you can get for a dollar a month. Third year of one year of any merit or value. I'm going to block him on Twitter. That's it. You can feed reverse black Twitter on soccer stadium full of people in that. I'm talking about I'm talking about entertainment digital digital content. There's nothing that's a dollar anymore. You get one song, you can buy one song on iTunes, I guess. Uh, one lim- actually, they're dollar dollar twenty nine, dollar forty nine after new new releases now. Well, it's always quantified as a, a cup of coffee. You know, they used to say in commercials like you can get all this uh, insurance for the price of a cup of coffee. Not Starbucks, but anymore. now yeah, a cup of coffee is what three three four dollars four dollars now at starbucks yeah. people going every i was thinking if people go every day to starbucks like 240 working days a year they're spending 1200 bucks a year just on that coffee not to mention all the logistics around it and time waiting in line and like that that's a big commitment to coffee you know what's a dollar is uh, a pack of skittles yeah they're okay g- they're good they're not good for you but so if you'd rather have a pack of skittles for the whole month you could have like what ha- one skittle every fourth day yeah <laughs> this isn't what they are 
Uh, I was very disappointed, by the way. So I st- every year I steal my kids' Halloween candy, mm-hmm. and uh, I always go into the r- they hide it, so I have to go in the rooms in the middle of the night to find it. <laughs> and I uh, I go in the middle of the room, I go in the room, and I and I just grab into the bag and pull out candy, uh, because that's the way I steal things. I'm very very clever. <laughs> and I pulled out, I went in, I stumbled, stepped on some shit, hurt my feet, all the stuff. Brought out what I grabbed, and it was a uh, pack of ranch dressing flavored sunflower seeds. What? And I was like, I was so pissed. I wanted to like the next day. I asked my kids which houses they had gone to. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to like go find the who passes out ranch flavored sunflower seeds on Halloween. I'd rather get the razor blade and the Snickers. <laughs> I could at least probably take the razor blade out. That's fucking bullshit. That is like I was like, what? I went all the way in there. I did all this stealthy Mission Impossible shit. And I grabbed the fucking thing and I thought, okay, it's gonna be Skittles or something. It was ranch. Ranch. By the way. Hidden Valley ranch flavored sunflower seeds. The I, I mean, the I combination of combination of two things everybody loves. Yeah, sunflower seeds and Hidden Valley ranch dressing. And I would assume it's some like like health nut family that's like vegan or some shit or or, or whatever. And and they're like, you know, this is a healthy alternative that's just as good. Uh, and you know, it's sunflower seeds covered in MSG and fucking you know synthetic uh, you know whey protein or whatever they use to make the ranch powder. Uh, like disgusting point being it's it's probably not this yes i was thinking that or they run like a convenience store or something like that and nobody bought that shit and it was expiring so they just pass that out some people will like empty out their cupboards with shit, shit on halloween who are these cheap this is in your neighborhood yeah these cheap bastards oh no not in my neighborhood we actually trick-or-treat we go to the even nicer neighborhood to trick-or-treat like you all live in a really nice neighborhood i do but i go just by the way i go to an even nicer neighborhood to trick-or-treat because they give out a shitload of candy <laughs> so the gay, the gay dudes by the way gay, rich gay dudes will give out like amazing Wait, like where do you go uh only like a mile away from here okay but there's like there's a lot of celebrities and other people in the street and everything and they're just wealthy people they deck first of all they deck out their houses like crazy which is cool they spend like a lot it's like people do people in la don't celebrate christmas because they're not christmas <laughs> they're all jewish well they're either jewish or they're irreverent or they're gay or counterculture or whatever <laughs> but for halloween they go nuts like halloween you know you live in west hollywood halloween is the biggest time of year yeah so they go into the costumes they go into the decorate the house they will spend thousands of thousands of dollars and countless weeks prepping their houses for halloween and by the way they also give out full-size candy bars like not the halloween candy but like the real like you know snickers is like the real snickers like the real bar we had one family that did that in my neighborhood growing up and we we brought uh two costumes yes. so we could double back yes, to the course. full candy bar house well when you're when you're an adult you can't they won't you know it's, it's considered rude you can't not just you can't do it. you can't go to the house and get candy when you're like 40 years old but if you have kids you just steal their candy and then you give them all the tricks to get more candy so they got a lot of candy but there's someone on that street fucking put, put packed in those ranch ranch flavored sunflower seeds and i want to find them and just I don't like to confront people generally about non mortally uh, dangerous things, <laughs> but I want to just ask them why. I want to like why I want to know why you did this. You got to factor in maybe, you know, they they underestimated how much candy they needed, and they're nice enough people that they then just raided their pantry for stuff. Oh, when those how about the people that leave the their candy ran people out. that don't want to deal with, don't want either leave or don't want to deal with it, so they put the big bucket of candy outside That's and tell them to put a sign that says t- just take one. You've uh, overestimated uh, humanity. Yes. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. It's like there's a race and everyone knows which <laughs> people got sophisticated. <laughs> Actually, it's really smart. So like I I mean I live in a nice neighborhood. We go to an even nicer area to go trick or treat. But then also in LA, being LA, people from like not so nice areas 
come to those same places now. They drive a distance to get there because it's just a huge score. Right. I mean, it's just like, and the, and the, the people there are rich enough; they don't care that people are coming from like, you know, the hood to get to take their candy. They don't give a shit. So it's kind of nice. Uh, it's kind of nice actually to see kids from like, you know, sort of bad areas getting actually really nice <laughs> bags of bags of treats, except for those fucking sunflower seeds. So, all right, Matt, that's our show for today. You have something you wish to pimp and promote, something you're selling or uh, 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 thing you're doing with the twelve-year-old boys where you're giving them giving them blowjobs before they die. That <laughs> twelve-year-old <laughs> boys. Uh no, nothing really. MattRalston.net. I wrote a thing bashing uh, a certain political party, and uh, oh, I hope it's Republicans. The the Matt Ralston on Instagram. I'm trying to get on Instagram more because that's uh you know if you're single you got to be on Instagram. These really? Days. Uh, Is yeah. that how you meet ladies? But aren't, isn't wouldn't the lady who would contact you on Instagram likely be insane? Oh no, you but you can message anyone on Instagram. You don't have to be like friends with them. Oh really? This is like Twitter. Yeah, it's not like Twitter. Really? Yeah. You can direct message like any hot girl? Yeah, that's why I th- honestly think that's why Instagram is like more popular. Pro- probably because it's less annoying too. But uh, yeah, you can just message anyone on Instagram. I believe this, uh, 90% of Snapchat traffic is uh, underage uh, high school girls showing their breasts to their friends uh, to, be po- to become popular. And the minute they started cracking down on that, Snapchat is going away. <laughs> it's going away. That's driving like 90% of their business. There's nothing else on Snapchat except for underage girls' breasts. <laughs> and by the way, uh, it drives a lot of traffic. <laughs> All right, this is Lex. Go check Patreon.com. Last one. Talk to you next week. It good. Suck this pussy just like you should. Right now, lick it good. Suck this pussy just like you should. My neck, my back, lick my pussy and my crack. My neck, my back, lick my pussy and my crack. First you gotta put your neck into it Don't stop, just do it, do it Then you roll your tongue from the back to the front Then you suck it all till I shake and come Make sure I keep busting nuts All over your face and stuff So head showing me so much love So do it now, lick it good Suck this pussy just like you should Right now, lick it.